In a world filled with information, where do you turn to get straight talk about retirement, investments, and your money? Lock it in to the longest-running financial talk show in Arkansas and let us help you build the bridge between information and application. Real financial change begins right here, and it starts with you. It's showtime! On today's show, we are spinning the wheel of retirement misfortune. Just like the game show, preparing for retirement without avoiding these missteps could land you on bankrupt. This is the Get Ready for the Future show. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Get Ready for the Future show. We are glad to have you along as always. Settle in for some straight talk about retirement, about investments, and your money. My name is Scott Inman, John Shrewsbury, and Janet Walker to my right. I'd like to solve the puzzle, John. Well, I was I was just sitting there going, this guy's been on Wheel of Fortune before because he did that so yes, well. Yes, the timing. I've seen it a few times. Yes. 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 Did you like that? It was. It was that was the, good. It was the Wheel of Misfortune today, yes. but everybody knows what the Wheel of Fortune is. And can we talk about the longevity? You talk about longevity. Oh, my. That, oh, wow. That thing's been around for, what, yes. 40 years? And I, not only has it been around, but but Pat Sajak and Vanna White yes. on there forever. We didn't switch out people a ton of times. I was about yeah. to say, just how old is Pat Sajak? <laughs> Don't well, ask we, things like we, that. We can Google it. I'm, I'm going to guess he's over 70 at least. Oh, yeah. You know the story, uh, he was a weather man. He was a, I don't know if he's a meteorologist, but he did the weather on a television show, a television station in Nashville, Tennessee. Really? And he worked with the legendary Paul Eels. Oh, is wow. That Nashville, Tennessee. How about that? Wow. How about that? Arkansas this, Razorback fans will know who Paul Eels is. Oh, yeah. yeah. This is not as cool of a story because it doesn't have anything to do with Paul Eels, but for the ladies in the audience, um, Vanna White has never once worn the same dress <laughs> all of those is years. That, wow. that is correct. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Not wow. one time. And her job got easier. You know, she actually used to have to turn the yeah. letters. Now Physical she just labor. touches them <laughs> because they're all digital. Pop on. Yeah. Yep. Well, everybody knows that game show. It's still running, still very popular and highly rated. But we're going to tackle the wheel of retirement misfortune today. Sorry to bring you down with that. But there are some missteps in retirement that we believe are critical to avoid because otherwise it's just like spinning that wheel and it could land on bankrupt. So listen to these numbers. According to the Employee Benefit Research Institute and their 2022 Retirement Confidence Survey, they release one of these every year and the numbers don't tend to get much different from year to year. Only 28% of respondents said they were very confident that they would have enough money for a comfortable retirement. And 58% said preparing for retirement makes them feel stressed. Now we get it. Planning for retirement can be challenging, even if you start early and if you have health and you earn a good living. But the numbers we see here year to year, and like I said, they don't really change, are really dismal. And they bring into focus that people are worried about retirement. They don't think they're uh, planning uh, in a way that is going to help them reach their goals. And they are highly stressed about it. So today's show, we're covering some misfortunes in retirement and how to recover from them. I think I've got a theory about this. I think that number one, when you're told all the time you can't do it, then you get stressed and, yeah. and think that, okay, I'm headed to this thing that's gonna, just going to be a disaster. Secondly, I think that the world has kind of taught people and, and our industry, th- fr- uh, frankly, has taught people that finding the hot stock is the way to, to riches in retirement. 
and nothing could be further from the truth. That is not the way you deal with this. And also timing the market yeah. and, and jumping in and out at the right times is not the way you deal with this. I, we see this all the time, Janet, and we have to educate people about the right way to do it when they come in because, frankly, if they've been listening to the conventional wisdom, they don't have a plan. Yeah, conventional wisdom is usually not very wise. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you talk about the hot stock, John. By the, the the fallacy with that is that by the time you hear about it, it's not so hot anymore. It, it, it might still have some upside to it, but you've lost already the opportunity for the majority of that growth that everybody's already, you know, so excited about. They've had it because they were in it from early on. But at this point, we're past that. And so go ahead and move forward and do something else. What we look at all the time is a plan that is more slow and steady wins the race. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dave Ramsey talks about his favorite book of all the books that he's ever read. His favorite book is still The Story of the Tortoise and the Hare. And he said, you know, every time I read that, every single time the tortoise wins. You know, the hare's all over the place, chasing the hot stock or, you know, whatever it might be, trying to time the market. But you're all over the place. Just follow the path. Slow and steady wins the race. But that's no fun. You know, it's, that's not exciting. It's, it's also not terrifying. <laughs> that's right. And it also, it also gives you the outcome that you the desired are outcome to that's achieve. Right. And that's the difference. That's I think that's hugely important to identify is not about the rate of return you get. It's about the outcome you achieve. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. And, and you know, you can talk to some people about this and they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I heard that such and such was going to happen. And, and I want to get in on that. And th- those things are, are really counterproductive mm-hmm. and really uh, do uh, have a much higher chance of landing you on that bankrupt uh, uh, spot on the wheel, so to speak. And it's really a, a, an incredible wild card if, if that actually is, is drawn. Before we get to misfortune number one, I think a great illustration of this is our reviews with our clients right now. When mm-hmm. you think about what 2022 has looked like. And typically we're going to sit and show them a 12 month trailing report on the performance, right? So it's basically measuring last August or last uh, summer to, to this summer or wherever that case may be. But if you look at one bad year and then you pull out the, the, the spectrum to four or five years since they've been with us right. here at Gen Wealth, and you see they're still on track because yeah. we used, we used the, uh, very, uh, historical rates of return. Nothing, yes. nothing overzealous. We are looking at what Very conservative. The market, conservative. That's the word I'm looking for. Yes. Thank you. Conservative rates of return to keep them on track, so they've gotten that overall, even though when the, even when they don't get it in a singular year. Yes, and, and I think that that when you are when you lean toward the conservative, mm-hmm. you can can really take advantage of the upside. When you really count on the upside. Then when things don't go up, right. then you've got a real problem. Yeah. Well, and and guys, it's human nature. I mean, once you've seen a high point, as an investor, you are emotionally attached to that high account value, whatever dollar amount it was. And any time that we're south of it, you feel like, oh my gosh, nothing's working now. We're in a bad place. But we can be south of your high point and still be on track with your plan. And there's nothing that says we're always going to be south of that high point. Just give it some time. Right. All right. So let's go through some of these wheel of retirement misfortunes that people make in their way to uh, retirement and kind of tie that into if they are making, if they are subject to these misfortunes, why they may be among the uh, many 
people who responded to this retirement confidence survey saying they were not confident about their retirement and they're worried about uh, outliving their money. That's the number one worry that soon-to-be retirees and retirees often say is uh, prevalent for them. It's outliving their money, but a lot of times it's because they really don't have a plan and they don't have a plan that's in writing. And that's misfortune number one, not having an income plan in writing. And why do we say in writing? Because you refer to it. Because here's the deal. When we when we build a plan, if we if we don't write that down, you're no nobody's remembering that. No. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. there's no way you're going to come back in and remember all the details. But the why, the why are we choosing this investment? What goal are we trying to reach? When are we going to claim social security? Do I have a need for guaranteed income now or in the future? Those are all things that are on paper, on purpose for a Gen Wealth client. And that makes the visualization of retirement much clearer. And, and John, we've seen statistics that show that people are more confident about their retirement when they have a written plan. Well, you're more confident if you know where you are and you know where you're going. Mm-hmm. If you've ever seen anybody lost around town, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're really confused. They're really, uh, you know, as a matter of fact, they'll just stop in the middle of the road and go, I'm not sure where I'm at and frustrate everybody <laughs> yeah. around them, you know? And so that's not how you want to live in retirement, uh, a retirement income plan that is on paper on purpose that you can always look back to and refer to. It, it keeps you sane. Really? Yeah. Uh, let's think about the downturn in the first part of 2022. A lot of people were going, do I need to do something? Am I, am I, am I okay? I, that those were the questions that we were getting. And if you look at it in perspective, you can say, yes, I'm okay. If you don't have that plan, the only thing you have to refer to is last month's account statement that says you were here and this month's account statement that says you're down here somewhere. Right. It doesn't give you any perspective on where you're at. It, it all needs to be relative to your plan, not relative to last month's account statement or last year's account statement, et cetera. It has to be relative to your plan because that's always what tells you whether you're on track or off track. And Scott, you mentioned, you know, talking about and putting together the plan, all these different factors that go in. It's important, I think, for clients to also understand that there's a plan for some of your dollars, part of the plan, and a part of it that's for other dollars, those dollars are not treated the same based on the timeline on when you're going to use them. So you're supposed to, even in your portfolio, have different performance, and that's intentional. We're not trying to swing for the fences on everything. I think it's important, too, to point out the value of consolidation in that plan as well. You know, you think about people who come in. How many people have come in to GenWealth before they have that plan? And they got a little bit over here. They got a little Mm -hmm, bit over there. mm -hmm. Two or three orphan 401ks from former employers they've never touched and never done anything with. There's great value, I think, in bringing it all together under one umbrella and one written document. You know, one of the opportunities on that that you have, I kind of compare this to if you go to this doctor for this ailment and that doctor for that ailment and this doctor for this and and none of them ever talk and they don't know about the other stuff, Mm -hmm. that's a problem. There's no one person looking at what's going on with you medically. It's a problem financially, too. If you've got this piece over here and this piece over there and there's no one person who knows here's what you have. And, guys, one of the concerns that we get about this, people will come in from time to time and go, well, I don't feel like I ought to have everything here because then I'd be putting all my eggs in one basket. 
and it doesn't work that way. No. It, your eggs are in lots of different baskets. Right. It's just you have somebody who is looking at that overall picture for you. Yeah, I think about it as a conductor would conduct an orchestra. Yeah. The the conductor hears all of the instruments. If you've ever played in a band, you know that that in a lot of cases you might not be able to hear what's going on on this side of the uh, of the of the orchestra when you're focused and you're surrounded mm-hmm. by other instruments over here. But that conductor keeps everybody in sync, everybody on time, everybody in rhythm with the music. And that's what you've got to think about when you think about having a, a quarterback, if you will, of your retirement income plan. Your financial advisor can look at all of the different investments. And Janet is absolutely correct that we, we don't put all the eggs in one basket. Even though you're working with one firm, all your eggs are never in one basket here. They're highly, highly diversified, and you are in a situation where it's all being orchestrated to your benefit. Well, if anybody's watched the Wheel of Fortune, they know about the wild card, right? You've got the thing behind there that you don't know what it's going to be. You have to peel, pull it off to see it. It's unexpected, right? Now, in that show, most of all of the choices are good, but in, a, in retirement, some of those wild cards could be bad. Misfortune number two is not planning for taxes in retirement and you think about that most people are i think the majority of people who are nearing retirement have that on the brain they understand that's a worry that's a concern but planning for it is something that i don't think everybody does no they don't and and a lot of people are actually surprised that you pay taxes on your social security or yeah. at least on part of your social security i've had people just get downright mad in, in a meeting room and go what do you mean i have to pay taxes on social security well that's just how it's set up it, it, you you pay taxes on up to 85% of whatever Social Security provides you. Now, all of it's not taxable, but a, a certain part of it is. And there are things that you can do to be very proactive about taxes in retirement. And let me just say that that there's a lot of noise out there. There's a lot of talk about taxes. You can manage at a reasonable level, your taxes in retirement. I don't want to get into this discussion in any great depth. As a matter of fact, we've got other shows that you can probably reference that do go deep into taxes. But taxes are something to be managed, not to be feared in retirement. Guys, this is at as basic of a level as when you think about your income, what source is it coming from and is that source taxable or not? Because when when we ask clients, how much money do you need each month? Whatever their dollar amount is, you can fill in your different dollar amount. But let's say somebody says, I need $8,000. Well, the next question is, is that before or after taxes? And I guarantee you, they're thinking, I need $8,000 of spendable money. They're not thinking about the taxes. It, it would be a rare, rare occurrence for us to actually have somebody say, I need $8,000, but we've got it coming from these sources, so really that's going to be about 9500 before taxes, and we'll come home with 8000 That doesn't happen. So on as basic of a level as, for, as that, and then it gets into details like, do we want to look at Roth conversion conversations with you on an ongoing basis? Does that make sense to do some tax planning in a forward-looking basis, even after you're in retirement? And before you get to retirement, planning for you to have more Roth dollars and, and fewer pre-tax dollars. There's lots of things that go into this, but as John said, we don't want to get way off in the weeds on taxes 
but you need to be aware that it's part of the conversation that you have to have. And, and I was just going to say, forward-looking tax planning yes. is a completely different creature than just going, well, I had this kind of income, and so I'm going to have to pay this kind of taxes and put it that on my 1040 form. Yeah. Uh, that's that's rear-view mirror tax mm-hmm. planning, and, and you have to do it, but you have to also think about the future. How can you reduce your taxes and be paying the least that you can legally pay to the IRS. Yeah, and I think this uh, brings out the point, too, that you need a a financial team on your side, too, which does include a CPA working with your financial advisor. It is important to point out we are advisors and do not provide tax advice, but we do help people understand how the tax code and other rules could impact their financial planning and investments, and then we develop a plan to take into account many of the odd things that people encounter, especially around taxes and retirement. And the CPA is often focused on that tax year, right? To your point, John, the the rearview mirror looking, it's already happened. How can I save my client the most money this tax year? The forward looking can help the future tax consequences of pulling out money in retirement. And the two working together is the best way to move forward through that. All right. So the wheel of retirement misfortune is the subject of today's Get Ready for the Future show. Misfortune number one was not having an income plan in writing. Misfortune number two, not planning for taxes in retirement. We're up to number three. We've got four of them, by the way. Can I buy a vowel? It always costs money. I never understood why it costs money to buy a vowel. You ever yeah, understood why they set the show up like that? Vowels are are pivotal in solving the puzzle. It is. So if you could just willy-nilly, anytime you wanted one, have a vowel, it would... Go yeah. quicker. Yeah. If, if you ask quicker. for an E, you're yes. going to have a lot of E's right. all of a sudden in, all in most words. of them. Yeah, yeah. R S T L N E. We already know that. Yeah, that's right. That's right. They put <laughs> yeah. the automatics in that's there now. Right. That's and then right. You get the extra ones. So, what is misfortune number three when it comes to uh, the analogy of buying a vowel? Failing to prepare for market volatility. Now, this is a big one, and we talk about it a lot on the show, but. How you prepare for the withdrawal of your assets, the timing risk is so critical there that it can it can it can play a part in if you retire in April or May of the same year. Mm-hmm. That's how that's how vital it is to avoid selling assets as the value is going down, and th- and this is a real failure yeah. of the four percent rule out of a static asset allocated portfolio of 6040. Yeah, and and I think it's best illustrated guys by telling the story of James and Joe. And we've told the story before, but I think it bears repeating in this sense because it does very much highlight the market volatility thing. So let's talk about James and Joe. These are fictional characters, but they're based on real uh, situations that we've seen in retirement. Uh, now, James and Joe both work for the same company, and coincidentally, they arrived at their respective retirement dates with exactly the same amount of money in their 401k plans, which happened to be $500,000. Now, they both said that they were going to take a 5% withdrawal of their assets based on the balance at the time of retirement from each of their accounts to create an income for each of their families to live on. In fact, the only difference between James and Joe was the fact uh, that one of them retired in one year, one of them retired 10 years later. So, James is 10 years older than Joe, and that means James retired in 1966, followed by Joe 10 years later, 
who retired in 1976. Now, with everything other than their retirement dates in common, do you really think that James and Joe had a similar retirement outcome, Janet? A lot of people are going to say that they did. They've got a similar allocation. We haven't really even talked about that yet, but their allocation is the same exact mix of stocks and bonds relative to each other, represented in this illustration by the S&P 500 and 10-year treasuries. So most people would think that it would be relatively the same, but such was not the case, John. Now, James and Joe both adjusted their income for inflation Mm -hmm. each year so they could keep up with the cost of living. James started with $500,000 in 1966. 18 years later, in 1982, James was completely out of money. Now, let's contrast that with Job, who started with $500,000 in 1976. And because the returns that he encountered during his retirement, Joe actually grew his money to over $1.2 million 18 years later in 1992. Two very similar setups, but two very, very different outcomes when you look at what was going on with James and Joe. So, guys, this this story and things like this that people have heard in real life, this is why people are terrified in a year like 2022. They go, oh my gosh, I'm going to run out of money. And we have we have clients who are still understanding, learning to understand how we do investments differently, who will come to us terrified, oh my gosh, is this it? And I'm going to be the one who runs out of money. This is horrible. We don't do investments like this. So we're not ever dependent upon the timing of your retirement because really that is the only difference between James and Joe. It is simply when they retired and consequently what returns they saw. So guys, by us segmenting a client's assets into different, if you want to picture it this way, different buckets of money, James and Joe didn't have buckets of money. They had a 60-40 split and it was going to do what it was going to do. We have buckets of money, so this short-term money that you have that you're going to use in the next five years, that's not going to be exposed to a significant amount of volatility because that's where you're taking your income. So if it were exposed to more volatility and you're taking income while we're down like we were earlier in 2022, then at that point, you're selling things while they're low And we like to buy things while they're low, but we don't like to sell them at a low price. Those prices, those shares never get a chance to come back up in value if you have to sell them when they're low. That's how you wind up running out of money. We don't want to take income from a volatile asset at all, period. We don't want to do that. The buckets help us avoid that sequence of return risk, guys. Scott, let me uh, mention that the story of James and Joe is a hypothetical story. The rates of return that we illustrated were actual rates of return during that time periods that we talked about. But past performance is not necessarily indicative of future results. And there's a lot of variables here that you have to understand may or may not play out in your situation. But the principle is exactly the same. The The principle of pulling money out of a variable market type investment mm-hmm. can cause you to tailspin your portfolio or can cause you to do just fine or it can cause you to be rich later on in your life. Really depends on the sequence 
in which those returns happen in your portfolio. You said earlier in the show that you can't time the market buying in at the right time. You also can't time the market when you're withdrawing. That's right. right. And you do still have to believe in equities, and that is a part of the overall investment strategy at GenWealth. It's the later buckets, though. It's the buckets that you're not planning to sell anything from for a decade and a half, let's say 15 years, right? Well, why 15 years? Because we know historically speaking, and that's not indicative of future results, but if you look at the S&P 500 on a rolling 15-year average, it's never been negative. So you think about leaving it alone and time tends to heal wounds in the stock market, but you can't be selling when things are going down. So that's the misfortune number three, not preparing, not Preparing your assets in an investment strategy that accounts for market volatility and avoids sequence risk. Misfortune number four, not knowing about retirement penalty penalties. So what are we talking about there? At retirement penalties. What kind of penalties are there? Well, the big one is the 59 and a half rule, right? Yeah. Right. A lot of people have, uh, uh, do know about that, but a lot of people still don't understand that if you are putting money into a qualified plan, and qualified just means there are qualifications around it, uh, and the withdrawal of it, it's pre-tax, tax-deferred, however you want to describe it. That money has not been taxed. It's going to have to be taxed when it comes out. But if you do that before 59 and a half out of your 401k, 403b, IRA, you're going to get taxed an addition, or you're going to get penalized an additional 10% on everything that you withdraw. Yeah, and that's that's really a, a, a dual problem because you, you get that 10% penalty, but if you're pulling it out before 59 and a half, mm-hmm. you're really getting started pulling your retirement money out when you're not retired mm-hmm. in, in most cases. And so there are a couple of exceptions to that 59 and a half rule, but that losing 10% of your income is no way to go through retirement. So uh, there are penalties for early withdrawal in a retirement type account. And, and let me say, there are ways to successfully retire before age 59 and a half. Uh, we've had clients who have done that. Uh, but you want to be sure that you understand what the rules are. And if there are ways for you to pull income from sources that are not subject to this rule, then it just makes things way smoother as you're planning for your retirement. So don't hear us saying you can't retire before 59 and a half, but be very careful about retirement distributions, whether you're retired or not, prior to age 59 and a half. The key here, Scott, is to be with someone who knows what's going on. All of our teams at GenWealth have a retirement income certified professional on their team, and they can guide you through the complexities of all of this uh, retirement penalties and, and early withdrawal penalties and all of that type of thing. I think that having the right person on your team to be able to help you get through all of that is incredibly critical to your success in retirement. Another uh, penalty in retirement, if you're not watching out for it, and this happens before retirement, actually, is what about excess contributions? You know, there are limits on retirement savings. Those are in law as well, and it depends on what type of retirement account you're talking about. But 401k has a different limit than an IRA and a Roth IRA. So you have to know that the contribution limits are out there because you can actually be penalized if you put too much money into, let's say, an IRA. Uh, The IRA uh, contribution limits are rather low, honestly, if you think about it. Prior to Mm -hmm. age 50, they're $6,000 annually, $7,000 if you're 50 or older. 
But if you go over that, you'll actually owe a 6% penalty on the excess contribution each year until you fix the mistake. So you need to know not to go over that. You know, we we don't see this mistake happen very often because people aren't contributing too much. They're usually contributing too little. But one of the ways that I think people make this mistake is not knowing that the limits, the 6000 or 7000 apply to both traditional and Roth IRA total. Mm. So you can't do 6000 in one and 6000 in the other. It is 6000 total. If you want to know the, the big minefield of penalties in retirement is in what we're about to talk about, and that's required minimum distributions. Mm-hmm. RMDs have plagued people for years and years. As long as I've been in the investment business, Uh, People have struggled with this concept of required minimum distributions. First thing is, why do I have to take money out? Well, because you've grown it for all these years on a pre-tax basis, meaning that the IRS has gotten zero dollars from you in terms of taxes. Now they're ready for you to, to begin fork over some taxes on this, and they force you to take a required minimum distribution. Currently, the age at which they force a required distribution is age 72. There's some talk about moving that to 75, but right now it's 72. And also the thing that you've got to understand about a required minimum distribution is it's not a 10% penalty, Mm -hmm. but it's a 50% penalty of what you should have taken out in the first place. So let's say you were supposed to take out uh, $25,000 they're going to penalize you $12,500 on top of the taxes that you would owe on the $25,000. So by the time they get through, you got almost nothing. That's right. And so these things are are really problematical. You know, we've seen, there are a lot of ways to mess up with RMDs. We could just, we could probably do an entire show on (laughs) maybe not things that people actually did, but things that they were thinking about doing before they came in and saw us. Um, one of the things that, that I saw that I'll never forget, because this would have been a huge deal for this guy, um, you know, the IRS uh, doesn't think in math-friendly terms for the rest of the world, and they use the term factor rather than just giving you a percentage. And this is not the exact number because it gets into decimal points on the exact number, but let's say that there's a factor of 25. 25 goes into 104 times, so that means you really have to pull out only 4%. I had a client who came in, and it was his first dance on RMDs, and he said, well, I'm about to pull out this 25% of my accounts. He was treating the factor as a percentage. Oh, no. And, I mean, my goodness, mm. guys, can you imagine the tax impact that would have had yeah. if he had not come in to work with us and help us fig- help, let us help him figure that out? Well, and here's the other thing about RMDs that is so confounding. If you have a 401k plan then your money's still in your 401k plan at 72 and you have an IRA, then you actually have to calculate RMDs differently on, uh, or you have to do a different calculation on each of those accounts. You can't just take it all out of one uh, of those accounts and be okay. You have to take an RMD from the IRA and you have to take an RMD from the 401k plan. But if you have all your money in, let's say, 10 IRAs, you could take the RMD from one of those IRAs and it'd be just fine. But mm-hmm. you can't aggregate it with your spouse. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there, yeah. There's all kinds of, you can do this, but you can't do that. 
the important thing is to be sure that you're working yeah. with somebody who has done this dance before and understands RMDs. Could we talk to the person that actually made up all these uh, retirement rules? Oh. Uh, it's, it's <laughs> wasn't one person. I'm it bad. wasn't it's 535 it's, people. It's <laughs> called right. Congress. Yes. yes. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> Over and, the years. And actually, there's some, uh, you know, minion in the government that wrote these rules and, and sent them up to Congress because Congress just kind of goes, oh, well, that's what we're going to do. Okay, well, let's pass it. Yeah. And that's what happens. But yeah. it is a mish, mishmash and it is very complex, very complicated. And it's no wonder that people are, you know, feel like they're on Wheel of Fortune, just taking a chance on things because it is so complex. That again, Scott, is why you want to have the the benefit of a retirement income certified professional team on your side to work through all these details. You mentioned the change uh, in the RMD age now at 72, and it may go up from there. do want to take a minute to talk a little bit more about that SECURE Act that also changed the inherited IRA yes. rules. So that isn't really a misfortune of your own retirement, but could be a misfortune for your children because now that rule is different as well. It used to be prior to the SECURE Act of 2019 that when – uh, the next generation inherited someone's IRA after they after their death or after the death of both of their spouses, they did have to take an RMD, but it was based on their age. So if I'm 49 years old, if my parents were both passed and I inherited an IRA, it would be a very small amount because it's based on my life expectancy. My factor is right. much smaller than my dad's was in his 70s because I'm only 49 years old. So the tax implication of that was rather negligible. But they changed the rule now that if I inherit that IRA at 49 or whatever age I do, I actually have to withdraw it all in 10 years. And there's no RMD attached to it. You can wait till the last day of that 10th year, but you've got to pull it all out over the course of 10 years when likely the person who had inherited it, inherited it uh, is in their highest earning years. So that can be a real retirement penalty uh, as well for the next generation. So if you heard the bell. We are out of time on Wheel of Retirement misfortune um can you do that shout again um wheel of retirement misfortune there you go. <laughs> time for I final thoughts yeah, we'll start with janet all right um i would say don't leave it to you know the wheel of misfortune as it might be don't leave it to luck or to chance that you have an opportunity to put a plan together for you um, to avoid a lot of these misfortunes that we've talked about um don't let retirement happen to you. Be sure that you plan for it and have a personalized plan for what you want it to look like. Hope is not a plan. It, it simply is not the way for you to live throughout retirement. Should you have hope? Absolutely. But you shouldn't just hope it all works out. An advisor can really help you solve all of these things that we've been talking about, help you navigate the complexities of retirement, help you get through retirement with understanding where you are, where you're going, and what your likely outcome should be. We don't want the wheel of misfortune to hit you. I mean, you think about spinning that wheel. Are you going to get the big money? Are you going to get the right letter? Are you going to get four letters? Are you going to solve the puzzle? Or are you going to hit bankrupt? It doesn't need to be to chance. It needs to be based on a sound written retirement income plan. And you can take the first step in finding out your chances of a successful retirement you can do it for free. We've got an opportunity to do that. Just visit 15minuteretirement.com. That's the number one, the number five, and then spell out minuteretirement.com. Or if you'd rather text the word checkup to 
501-381-5228. Again, that number, 501-381-5228 to take the first step in finding out your chances of a successful retirement. Well, that is all the time we have for this week's Get Ready for the Future show. We thank you again for being with us, avoiding the wheel of retirement misfortune. We hope we gave you some good, sound resources and education on this show, and we hope you'll join us again next time. Thank you for listening to the Get Ready for the Future show. If you enjoy hearing from the Gen Wealth team every week, make sure and subscribe to the podcast. And you can always find us on social media. Search for Gen Wealth Financial Advisors on Facebook or on Twitter at Gen Wealth FA. The Gen Wealth Financial team is available to you 24 7 at info at getreadyforthefuture.com or call our offices at 866 653 PLAN. That's 866-653-7526. You should personally consult a financial advisor before making any investment, and no strategy can assure success. GenWealth Financial Advisors is an Arkansas-registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial. Member FINRA SIPC.